Hello and welcome to Whispers in the Darkness, the paranormal podcast from the Out There Paranormal Group. And whispering for you today, we have myself, Nigel, and myself, Juliet. Got something a little bit different for you this time. We've actually got a special guest, mm. a guest, like a real person and not us. Yeah, not a pretend person. Not a pretend person. She one. is actually a real person. Mm. What can we tell you about this real person that we're now going to throw oh, <laughs> into the lion's den, so to speak? She writes some amazing things. She does write some amazing mm. things. Uh, author, mm-hmm. podcaster, paranormal investigator, incredible researcher. Strong mother. All-round wonderful person. Mm. And we're going to play our intro theme and then we'll introduce her to you. Okay, so here we go. along to that you were indeed oh no i did it again what's he doing <laughs> just can't get the staff can you oh for god's sake <laughs> i try to be clever and it goes horribly wrong can you still hear us well we can't hear you because no, i was keeping Penny. quiet oh tricking us <laughs> you fooled us there didn't you well, I was, anyway, waiting welcome the, to... I was waiting for the intro to say, and Penny, welcome, because otherwise you get your guests talking in the background. I know, and I missed it up completely, didn't I? Like hey, I said. It, it makes it real, makes it real, what can I say? I know. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, this is Penny Griffiths-Morgan. So, hi, Penny, and thank you very much Ooh. for uh, letting us <laughs> interrogate <laughs> you on our Interview you? God help you, poor lady. Experiment, oh I think, is the word you're looking for. I think it is an experiment, yeah, yeah. But it's a good experiment, yeah. So, where shall we start? Oh. Okay. Um, we're not going to, like, ask you loads of really ridiculous random questions. We're just going to try and get a conversation going by sort yeah. of throwing some stuff at you. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, you know, just to get the sort of... Little teaser question. Yeah, exactly. Let's what, have a little what, teaser. What can we ask? No one have these okay. sort of meetings when you go to a meeting at work and they say, let's have some icebreakers. Right. I've got one. <laughs> have you? Yeah. Go Ready? On, okay. So here we go, Penny. First question. Yeah. Tell us one thing about you that nobody would believe. <laughs> I failed history A level. No. No. You didn't mention the history word in my little intro, did you? I didn't. No. Because I should have said the Queen of History and Mystery, shouldn't I? Because that's not what you are. The paranormal historian. Yeah, I failed history A level. Wow. Did you retake it? Nope. I'm completely. That just shows (laughs) about qualifications. Yeah. Doesn't it? Because. 
they only mean so much, don't they? Exactly. And you can be an intellectual and you can be intelligent yep. without having all these certificates and string of yeah. words after your name. I didn't want to be at sixth form. I didn't do as well as I could have done. I, oh. At the time, I wanted to be a musician and that was all I wanted to be. And oh. I didn't really try. And plus, I found history... If it had been taught the way I teach people history, yes, it would have been interesting. Yeah, but literally, I, I used to fall asleep in class. Oh, it's I a know. shame, isn't it? Because yeah. school can change your perception. It, it can make a massive so difference. So much. And I have yeah. this conversation with my children because, you know, my eldest is, oh, history, oh. And it is, as you say, it's down to how it's taught. Yeah. And if it's taught well, it can be fascinating and amazing and... There's so much to our tiny planet and so many different places yep. to go to and visit and see and yep. and write about. Yep. You know, tell us, Penny, tell, tell us what you've been writing about recently. What have you been doing recently? Well, what I was going to say is I was going to agree with you on the teaching aspect, because the teacher mm. who got me into it was actually my what well, GCSE O-level teacher. Yeah. And he had such an energy about him. He was the one that got me into it. And I would frequently stay behind after class to chat to him further about some of the subjects we were doing. And funnily enough, he turned around to my mum and said, Penny's making a mistake doing history A-level. She will hate it. She will fail it. A degree she'll do really well at. Yeah. But she'll fail history A-level. And he was spot on. Now, he passed away. He was only in his late 40s. He had dropped, oh, I think he had a heart attack on the rugby pitch. Oh, um, it's one of the only teacher's funerals I've ever actually gone to. And, uh, yeah, so, um, and that was one of my first really weird paranormal experiences after that funeral, by the way, but you might want to come back to that. Um, oh, but yes, so it is, it's down to the teachers and, and the, I mean, I've, I've had children who are doing, friends' kids who are doing World War II and they'll say, yeah. oh, Penny, can you ever chat with them for their project? And after two hours of conversation, they're going, can I talk to you again? So it's the energy you bring to it and it's the way it you teach it. And, yeah. and I've gone into my son's primary school and done sort of a few talks for them i did a world war ii one in chelmsford i've done a world war one one for them i've done a mm. henry the eighth because he used to have a palace in chelmsford mm. and i get most of them asking me questions after i've finished and show and getting an interest so it, it is the energy that you bring it's so true that's to what so you're true. doing it is, yeah. you must yeah. make history alive and i know that sounds i mean when i'm reading books like this which don't exactly look interesting because i need to get the background so that i can you know put the defibs on it to bring it to life when i'm talking about it so yes you do have yeah. to read the background but when you want to bring it to life for people who aren't researching it for example who just want to learn Mm. Yeah, it's not it's not just a case of reciting facts and figures and acts and everything no. you, you've got to show how you, you've got to make it feel like it's happening to them and now so they can put themselves in that position so that's kind of what i wanted to say about okay. history but to answer your question what i'm working on at the moment i'm, I'm finishing up my next book oh. um it's going to be called the battle for bosworth fabulous and oh. so when's that you out well, it's coming out in conjunction with the festival. Of, I can't speak. Festival of the Unexplained event in March. Mm, it'll be coming out in conjunction. <laughs> it'll be coming out with conjunction for that because um, I was going to write one, uh, on it anyway, but it wasn't going to be the one I was going to do this year. I was actually going to do workhouses this year, oh. but when I was asked to be one of the speakers at the festival, I thought, well, I've planned to do a Bosworth Hall one. Might as well. And so that one should be coming out. Well, 
nearly finished. I'm doing an investigation with the guys from Haunted, the Haunted Live investigation on uh, Halloween. And that will be my last investigation at the hall. And then everything else, everything else is more or less written up. It's just yeah. a few more thousand words. And then off for editing. Mm, fabulous. So, I mean, obviously you're well known for history and mystery. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that is obviously the perfect tagline for what you do. Thank you. So, I mean, what made you actually go down that specific route? What, what was your reasoning behind that? Am I allowed to swear in this? Yeah, you can swear. Yeah. We don't mind. Okay. It's not major swearing. I was getting so thoroughly pissed off with people making out that things were real when they weren't. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. And and I sort of I, I became sort of friendly with people like Mike Cavell up in Hull, who does a similar thing up there. Mm. And I just thought, wouldn't it be good if I could start correcting some of these and actually showing people that you know, fact is stranger than fiction. Yeah. And it is indeed. Yeah. You don't have to make stuff up about these places. All right, you know, and, and also understanding that just because a medium picked up on something, and I've got the greatest of respects for mediums. I know some very, very good ones who whose opinions I hold incredibly high. Yeah. Doesn't mean it's directly related to that place. That's true. Um, and and the more I've done it, the more I've grown to love the researching, the more I've grown to love putting the jigsaw puzzle together, the more I've grown to love um I don't enjoy upsetting people when they say, oh, this person was murdered here. Well, if they were murdered there in 1837, there's absolutely no trace of it anywhere. There's not no. even a death record of someone dying in there in 1837. And you see their faces sort of drop. But it's true, Penny, isn't it? But, you know, and I'm saying, look, the medium might have picked that up. It could have mm. been someone you've brought in from somewhere else. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily have to be um, synonymous with this location. Um, and then sort of... Yeah, so that's why I, I and it was it was Richard Clements who owned Parasearch Radio at the time. He sort of said to me, I think it, I was on a, an investigation with um, I think it was they were called Trident at the time. It was I used to sort of help out with, and yeah. I was doing a bit to camera. It was at Ruffham, Ruffham Airfield, and I was doing a just jokingly Facebook Live thing, and, and it was Richard who said, "God, you're good on camera." I said, "Well, I've been doing presenting my day job for like twenty odd years. It's nothing." Hmm. new for me I'm quite used to doing it and that's when he said would you like your own show and that was about four and a half years ago and it's sort of just gone from strength to strength it seems to have appealed to people a lot which I'm thoroughly grateful for but that's how it's, it started it's like a breath of fresh air isn't it you know combining history as well as the paranormal and getting the facts out there because any decent investigator the reason why we do this is to get the facts out there. That's that's what it's all about. You know, mm. doing your research, isn't it? Doing your yeah. investigations, mm. doing the history. I mean, I obviously don't do the research prior to an investigation because I'm not allowed. Job. Yeah, because we don't just give you any information because that would jeopardise what... Because Juliet being psychic, yeah. if I give her stuff, then she's going to spout it out on the night. Yeah, I can't and what really I found involved. out could well be wrong. As you know, Penny, sometimes you can go completely down the wrong route. Yeah. We were doing something on your group the other day with that lady who showed that picture of an RAF guy, and he got 1941 written on. She said he died in Crete. I immediately assumed he died in the operation mm. um, to take Crete with the German uh, airborne. 
but you dug up in record time, I have to say. I was incredibly impressed with that. Your research was like straight in, straight in there. Actually, he died in 43. He was a bomber pilot from a Liberator flying out of North Africa. Fascinating. Just small pieces of information like that. We had a picture of his headstone, found out he was a military crossword. Distinguished flying. But you course, saw that it? bit. I gave you credit. I didn't spot or the that. Medal, yeah. But I spotted a name in the. There was a tiny piece of paper at the bottom of the picture, and when I enlarged yeah. it, there was a name in there. And she told me his his nickname was it like Ronnie or Reggie? Or yeah, something. something like that, wasn't and it? And it was like it was like whichever one it was. It was the full name version of that. And I thought, I wonder if that's him. So I googled him. He had one. Was it Victoria? Uh, no, a, a distinguished flying DFC. And this guy had won a DFC, was a pilot, and I thought it's got to be him. And that's when I said, was his name? this yeah yeah that makes sense um so yeah it's it's you do sometimes go down the wrong route but you just you just like cross-reference things I get things I get things wrong but I'm I'm kind of I don't like getting the facts wrong I will triple check them I will nearly always go for primary source material if I can or if it's a newspaper report that's been published I will stress this is a newspaper report from 18 whatever I can't Mm. I can't confirm this because the incidents happened yeah, in absolutely. 1740 and there's no records, but this mm. is a newspaper report and it's, it's, it's interesting what it then sort of shows you, but yeah, it's the, the research side and then it's, it's putting the, but it's also having sort of some background knowledge of what would have been going on. And like you picked up on the, the battle of Crete, yeah. I didn't automatically think that when I saw 1941, that wasn't the first thing that came to my mind, but I figured if he's buried in Crete, something is, it's, it's, some incident that's got to have happened near to those war graves for him to be buried there. Yeah. But it's just about putting, putting the pieces together and um, having fun whilst you're doing it really. But my goal, which I've started to achieve in the last 12 months is to bring the history and the paranormal fields together because I I think they're intrinsically linked. Absolutely agree. Now Mm. my goal, (coughs) excuse me, is for the historians to realise that people in the paranormal aren't all woo-woo, and for people in the paranormal to realise historians aren't all boring, dull people who go around with tweed jackets with leather patches on their elbows, <laughs> and to realise that we can learn from each other. And, yeah. you know, I'm not saying all historians embrace that, but, you know, I've had James Holland on my show, you know, yeah. the James Holland. I'm actually on a, um, I know you, this won't be going out today, but tomorrow from the Saturday after we're recording this I'm actually in London um as a guest on a um uh unknown war or little known war memorials tour with a historian called Alexandra Churchill who's a friend of mine you know and and I'm getting to know all these brilliant historians who are actually like treating me as though I'm not a freak shall we say yeah and and that's what I want I want them to turn around and say hmm so what would you do in how would you check whether this was paranormal or not i want them to ask those questions because then i can show them what they see on telly that's entertainment absolutely when we're looking into something we i think i said this to lorian when i did um lorian from the ghost book when i did my podcast with her this week what nobody sees when i do writing when you do a video is the hours and hours of debunking you do because nobody exactly. wants to see that no. yeah they want to see what you found and what you've assessed it to be they yeah. don't want to see the fact that but sometimes i do mention it and i mean one of the ones where i give my husband credit because he's he's done about he's done three investigations now 
and uh, we were at Tibbenham, RAF Tibbenham, and I couldn't work out why the K2s kept going off, but nothing else was work. And it was him, who's, it, it was actually Mark Dudley was there, and Gaynor Clark, and you know Mark Dudley. Yeah, and yeah. and um, it was Wayne who said, there's a Wi-Fi unit up there. Could that be affecting the K2? Uh, I've not even seen it. Yeah. I've not seen this. But because he was coming in with fresh eyes, and, mm. and he wasn't sort of, not jaded, but you know what I mean? He he, yeah. he It was all still new to him. And then when we were picking stuff up on the spirit box out on the runway, and he was going, is this a two-way radio? No, it's one way. So why have we gone from an English voice inside, all of a sudden we've got an American voice, and he's giving us answers to our questions. And so, you know, that kind of thing, and some of the things that we were looking up the next day, sort of, just that I was showing him how the spirit box works. Mm. Um... Yeah, it's it's that's what people don't see. They don't see the questioning, and you know, you get the very sort of um, I can't stand the people going, "No, I don't use equipment. None of it works." Well, you don't know that. We no, don't know. Yeah. Works, we don't know if it doesn't work. So you might not like the SLS camera, but I've had quite a lot of good fun with it before. Yeah, exactly. Um, you just don't take things in isolation. Is is it's how important I important to be it. open as well, isn't it? Mm. And that's yeah, the I mean, argument I've had with a lot of full-on skeptics that not the skeptics that question things like your kieran o'keefe's but the full-on yeah. it doesn't exist what the paranormal doesn't exist it ghosts don't exist ah we're talking ghosts yeah. paranormal's different yes. and then when you start sort of splitting the hairs with them and they're like ah oh, okay you've got me there i thought about that yeah. yeah and that's where i like pulling people saying i'm not saying it's a ghost i'm saying it's paranormal and then they're like yeah but that means ghosts Look it up. Look up what the word means. Exactly. And then come back to me and argue with me. And that's when they back off normally. Just because people see it on, on Facebook, we're like mad groups going out doing lives every night, shouting at them. Yeah, I can see a ghost. They don't sort of associate the fact that not every single paranormal group is like that. Not exactly. every single person interested in the paranormal is like that. No. Quite a few of us here are actually sort of seriously interested in okay, so that happened. So why did that happen? Mm -hmm. So let's have a look through the history of it and find out. It is a case of trying to research what you found. Don't just throw your evidence on Facebook and say, that's what I've got, run away and leave it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, have a look at it and think, well, okay, right, why was that there? Mm. You know, that's really odd. Why would that be there? Let me have a look. Go through the records, see what you can find. To us, I think, the same as you, that's the interesting part of it, to see what stories you can find. Mm. And like you said, the... The truth can be stranger than fiction. Some of the amazing oh, things that you find I, I, out. I mean, when you like see the worst horror film you can imagine, I guarantee I can find you something in history that trumps it. Yep. You know, it's it, and that's real. You know, real stuff. Yeah. Um, I, like I was thinking, I don't know why he came to mind, but Vlad, Vlad the Impaler. Vlad Everyone Impaler, goes yeah. on about him being a horrible, horrible person. Blah blah blah. Yeah. yeah. Not when you read what happened to him and why he was the way he was. Yeah. You know, the fact that his first wife killed herself because she was worried about the soldiers were going to rape her and murder her, mm. you know, and assault her and everything else. That was not good for him. And, you know, something to you, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, I mean, another one that I, I've looked into before is Countess Bathory. Bathory and everyone oh, yeah. saying she was a killer. I don't think she was. I mm. actually don't. I don't think she mur intentionally murdered all those people. I think really? she was no. I think she was a very powerful woman, yeah, who wasn't being allowed to be powerful, if that makes sense. You know, she she was it, like she in it had a lot of land and a lot of clout, and nearby landowners 
didn't like it. No. Now, um, yes, some of the methods of punishment she gave to her, the serving staff was, we look at it in sort of modernised, going, holy crap. Mm. But when you look at the time, yeah. none of it was that out of order. Mm. It's horrendous, but it wasn't out of order. Plus, mm. when everyone says she wore red because uh, and it's a while ago I looked into her but when everyone said she wore red because she was bloodthirsty well red was actually the colour of mourning <laughs> and her husband had died yeah so yeah, the facts speak for themselves I think so but you can I mean it's like with statistics sometimes you can make facts work whichever yes. way you want and there's people who will always say Countess Bathory was one of the worst serial killers ever mm. maybe she was maybe she she did drink the blood of virgins I don't know but if she did, why didn't they execute her? Why did they just brick her up in her own castle? Yeah. A lot of unanswered questions. So, I mean... That's what I love about this. It's it's just... Yeah. And I do love putting the cat among the pigeons sometimes and saying to people, but what about this? How does this fit in? Did you know this? And, and with the older history, that's quite hard to do because there's not so many facts about, but... I do quite enjoy sort of um, making people question what they think because I like to be questioned. Well, I do and I don't. I think it's. I think in this field, I think it's very important to question. I, mm. I really do think so. You know, within the paranormal field as such. So, tell us what actually. I mean, you've got a very keen interest in the paranormal. What got you into investigating in the beginning? The Tennessee Wraith Chasers. Really? <laughs> really? This is a true story. And and when I first started podcasting, I said my goal would be to get one of them on my show. I know them all now. Well, so, I know Interesting. And, um, yeah. yeah. I won't I go as far as say they're friends, if that makes sense, but they're acquaintances who I, I, I know them well enough to drop one a message. And, um, you know, they're going to be at the event in March. Yeah. Or th yeah, three of them. Yeah, so you got because they kind of split slightly. So you got Mike's going to be there, Chris and Chris's brother Brandon. Um, so yeah, I was. Uh, <laughs> I've always believed in it. Always had an interest yeah. in it. Didn't know you could do investigations. If I'm completely honest, oh, and okay. then it would have been about seven and a half, eight years ago. I was doing a night feed with my youngest son. Um, about two o'clock in the morning, he's still in the bedroom oh. with us. So I'd taken him downstairs because he just wouldn't settle. Husband had to get up for work. You, you know what it's like. And I'm just going through TV channels as he's like, well, I'm, I'm feeding really slowly. And I'm just going through the TV channels, trying to find some background noise to it. And I stumbled across this ghost hunting program and I was watching it going, I can't understand a ruddy word they're saying, <laughs> but it started to interest me and so I sort of start I set a sort of a link series link to record a few and it was uh ghost asylum with the Tennessee Wraith Chasers oh, I and yeah. I saw these gadgets they were using and saw they were doing it and I thought huh I want a bit of that and literally about a week later I googled groups that need wanted training investigators and that's how it started Wow. So it's their fault. That's really interesting. And I've told them it's their fault. And they know it's their fault. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, you do your investigations and you also do a heck of a lot of writing as well. You're a very busy bee. Yeah. So you've written about a lot of different historic places and things like yeah. that. Do you have a particular favourite that you've written about? And why would that one be your favourite? 
That would be like asking me to pick my favourite child. <laughs> Go on. It's difficult, isn't it? There must be. Is there a couple that you could just say, I love this because, or... Well, I loved when I did R.E.F. Tibbenham. And I'm yeah. not saying that because you guys are the airfield guys. I loved it when I did R.E.F. Tippenham for a haunted experiment because I've wanted to investigate. I've Ever since I was little, I thought something was going on there. Um, so to get the chance to do it, it was, yeah. almost, a, it was almost a dream come true. Um, and the fact that, you know, that it, they, it didn't upset. And then to have pilots from there who I've known literally since I was small coming to me with their own stories of things that have happened to them and I would never have guessed. Amazing. That was quite, quite awesome. And, and you know, also my dad kind of, I think he found a new level of respect because what we experienced on the spirit box that night, I think Wayne yeah. had told him about, he went off and checked the flight logs and found this pilot's details that he'd given yeah. us his name, his aircraft, the lot. And it, even my dad was a bit like, brilliant. how did you get this? How did you know this? Yeah. Um. So that one... It's got a place in my heart because I've been going there since I was four years old. So, yeah. you know, 20 years. Um, that was meant to be a laugh, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I was a bit older than 24. Wakey, wakey. Oh, um, We've been nice, Penny. Yeah. We're agreeing <laughs> with you. It's the filter. It's the filter. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but, yes, yeah, so I've been going there since I was about four years old, so a long, long time. And mm. it, it, for a while it was almost like a second home because my dad would be there every weekend and we'd drive yeah. over to see him and stuff. Um, another one that... I adored, but I've never, never really written in depth about because you can't now. Anyways, Draclo, Draclo tunnels. Oh yeah, because uh, yeah. they've, they've been um, taken over, haven't they, by someone else? Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a wine storage now. Yeah. Something only a small part of it is a museum, which is is such a shame. Um, mm. Probably another one that really sticks in my mind is the school at Hitchin, the one I wrote my most recent book about. Yeah. Um, that's one of those places that you could dump me in there at three o'clock in the morning and have nobody else around and I'd be quite happy wandering about the school on my own. I There's weird stuff happening all the time there, mm. but it doesn't bother me. It doesn't yeah. bother me at all. It's got... I, I feel like it's somewhere I belong for now. Yeah better word that's actually nice when you get those kind of feelings isn't it when you're in a location i rarely get around. places where i feel that i'm about to get hurt in i i, mm. I and i've had the odd there's bits of the school that i feel yeah. i'm more welcoming than others but not in a um a dangerous sense oh. i think having quite a heightened awareness of things which i have being quite sensitive to things and picking up on things some even in people that other people haven't picked up on i'm always on guard um mm -hmm. but i don't really think there's anywhere that i've ever been that i've thought if i don't get out i'm well, actually no that's a lie there has been has there tell us about it come on you've got to tell us now i will the leopard inn in burslem in Stoke. oh right yes heard of it? yes i know which one you mean yeah well if you, if you, I don't know if you've heard of it, Jules the Leopard Inn. It's I've this, heard of it. Yeah, yeah, it's this old this pub in it's what would have been the Market Square in Burslem near Stoke, and in its day, it was quite a rich area with all the pottery and everything else. Yeah, and out the back, it's got this huge, and I mean huge, hotel that you mm. would never guess is there, and it's almost through this secret door, and I can't remember how many. There's three floors mm. of about fifteen rooms on each floor and it's 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 not derelict but it's not been kept up it's kind of i don't yeah. really think much has been done to it since the 1960s 
Um, and it's amazing. And you wouldn't guess it was there. If you didn't get shown where the secret door was to it, you wouldn't find it by accident. Honestly, oh, it's, it's... I wonder why it, it was built like that. Is there any reason for that? Um, well, no, it's just the way it's been converted now as a pub so that people didn't wander yeah. off and go through these... Because it, okay. it, it, it wouldn't be safe for the... You know, unless you'd done a proper health and safety. Those mm. bits of it that you wouldn't you wouldn't want someone walking on certain bits of the floor and uh, yeah. everything else. Um, why it's not used anymore, I don't know. I'm not complaining because it was amazing. Um, but it's like these, this one door, it just looks like a storage door. And then you go through another one and then you open this second door and there's just this giant staircase. Wow. And it's like, it is like a TARDIS. It genuinely oh, wow. is like a TARDIS. And um, when I went there, I went there with Haunted Houses, Chris Chell's team. And um, I was there early because Chris had picked me up from the hotel. And he said, just go and explore. And I was like, really? I said, where's the door? And he, and he went, it's right there. And it was like, never would have guessed that. He goes, right. He said, you're quite sensitive to things. He said, there is a part up there that women hate. I said, there's, I mean, bear in mind, there's three floors. There's a lot of space. Yeah. He said, there was one part on one of those floors that women absolutely hate. See if you can find it. Okay, that's like, good. So he didn't tell you where it was. All I knew, it was in the old hotel bit. Right. So I started exploring. And I can't remember where exactly it is. And this is the honest truth because it's dark. It's anyway. And I remember walking around this corner and suddenly getting this feeling of I'm going to get hurt in a minute. Really? And so I being a big me, I turned around to whatever was there and said, oh, sorry to interrupt and went back the other way. Mm. When I went to see him, he was like, what do you think? I was like, it's amazing. And I said, well, the only bit I didn't like and I explained where it was. And he just laughed and he went, that's exactly where it is. Exactly. Women hate it out there. You see, there's got to be something in this. Possibly. But when I was up there with a the group, because I knew that bit was going to make me feel uneasy, I'd kind of covered myself in armour, if that makes Does that make sense? I'd kind of yes, armoured up. Yeah. Um, but because I think everyone we had in the group that we were help teaching, to teaching, none of them had done it before. So it, would, it was very... And so I thought, I said to Chris, look, I'll hang around with these women because they want to go in that room. I know that there's some we know that there's bad juju in there. I'm going to stick with them so that I can kind of protect them or as a fellow woman. Yeah. And I did have to take one of them out because she, she said, I, I think I'm going to be sick in a minute. I, I really feel scared. I feel like I'm being followed. And I took her out of the room and she felt fine, mm. but I could see her whole demeanor change. Now I could feel it, but I think because I'd armored up, as I call it, it wasn't able to get through to me. Yeah. And I also knew that I wasn't going to take any shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But someone naive who didn't know, and she was lovely. She didn't know how to do that. Yeah. I don't think it, it I don't think it would hit, and I'll say it's a he, would have actually physically hurt us. I think it was more um, mental bullying, if that makes sense. That, like, that can be worse. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, but you know what I mean? He wouldn't actually have scratched us or anything like that. I think it would have more been trying to get in your head and 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 coercion and yeah. uh, control type yeah. thing. But I sort of, when I saw her sort of change her whole demeanour, I was like, "Would you like to get out of this room for a minute?" Yeah, she went, oh, "I'm fine. I'm it's honestly just step out of this room for a minute. You'll feel different." And she did. So yeah, that's the, one of the only times I've ever felt. Um, genuinely kind of I need my wits about me here mm. um, not with the dead anyway with the living quite a few 
times. Yeah, <laughs> yes. I would agree with that. I think the living are far more dangerous than the dead, yeah. to be That's honest. What I tell people. It's what I tell people when they say, aren't you scared about the dead talking to you? And I'm like, no. I said, uh, the living are worse than the dead, trust me. Um, yeah, so that's the only time really I can honestly say I've had a sense of mm. I'm not safe. But Yeah, and it's not a nice feeling either. No, no. So but is, I'm there, quite... is there anywhere sort of you want to venture to? Um, that's on your to-do list that you haven't got to yet where do I start um, doesn't have to be in the UK it can be anywhere in the world well before Covid hit I was due to go to Canada to spend some time with my good friend Wes Coleman Oh, wonderful. and we were due to investigate Picton Heights which was um, one of the um, what do you have called the Arnold training sites from World War 2 yeah. Interesting. And, and we were due to, and it was also then a hospital and various other things. We were due to investigate there, so hopefully one day I'll get out to Canada and get to do there. Um, to be honest, I, I see so many places I think, oh, I wouldn't mind getting, even places that haven't got a story about them. Yes. Because I'll sense something from just watching them on telly thinking, huh, that would be a good one. Um, somewhere like Southern Workhouse. I've had experiences there when I visited there as a, as a, spectator for want of a better term um so i'd really like to do that the workhouse side of things um where else i mean somewhere like the imperial war museum in london would be amazing with its history and for those who don't know it was actually one of the incarnations of the bedlam royal bethlehem mental hospital which most people don't know a lot of people don't know and the only reason i found that out was about Four or five years ago, someone said to me they'd visited there and they thought they saw someone in like a white nurse's uniform. Oh, God. And they went, Why would I have seen them? And I was showing pictures. I said, Was it like a World War II? No, no, it was older than that, older than that. And that's when I was like, Huh, that was Bedlam. That was Bedlam for nearly 100 years. Oh, and I didn't know so, that. I didn't know that. Did you not? No. I've told you something. Yeah, I've been there hundreds of bloody times. Wow! I didn't even know that. <laughs> I've heard, I've heard of Bedlam, obviously, but I didn't realise that any association with the War Museum. Yeah. yeah, it was the it was the from when it would have been about I can't remember the exact dates, but it was mid eighteen hundreds to early nineteen hundreds. Yes, before wow. it moved to Kent, where it is now. The Royal Bethlehem is yeah. now in Kent. But yes, it was it was one of the incarnations of the Bedlam, that actual mm. building. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. So somewhere like that. I mean, unfortunately, I don't think they would. I don't no. have any inclination to do Tower of London or anywhere like that for some reason. Mm. Windsor Castle, though. If oh, Windsor Castle ever came knocking, I would be there with bells on. <laughs> because I reckon that place has got some amazing stories to tell. Yeah. Um, and just like a tube station, like some of the disused tube stations. Oh, that kind God, of thing. Yeah. That would be amazing yeah. it, to get in there. Yeah, I mean, I, I, one of the mums at my school, she works for the Tube and she's quite yeah. senior and she, she's tried really hard to get me permission oh. to go down into one of the disused ones and they just won't budge. Which what, is really, what, what is the reason behind that? Is it health and safety? Yeah. Mm. Which annoys me when I see all these telly programmes going down into them and being yes. able to look around them and I'm like, ah! But yeah, maybe one day, maybe when I am famous with my own TV show, who knows? Well, it, will come, it will Penny. come, Penny. Yeah. It will come. You're on the right <laughs> road. You've got to grind away at it, but yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's what the, the approach you're taking is is so different. 
Yeah. I think that's the thing. But it, it also appeals to a larger audience. But I say that, but, I mean, you, you look at... Um, this is something I'm going to sort of touch on in a minute with you as well, with regards okay. to other paranormal groups. Yeah. The ones that are popular are these bloody annoying ones that are out every night just doing crap most of the time. I'm not, I'm not going to say any names, yeah, but you know exactly who I'm crap. talking about. Mm. And to me, it's just a waste of time. But what's more interesting is what you're actually doing with it, which is somehow we've, we've sort of gone along the same route as you because I've seen what you've done. And I thought, I really like that. It's something yeah. how I wanted to play it ourselves along a similar sort of theme. So we're not that we're trying to sort of steal your thunder or anything, but we're doing our own version of it. But the There's good thing is other groups are jumping onto it. Yeah. Other people are saying, let's do it like this, rather yeah. than, oh, we'll put a thing saying, oh, scary poltergeist house, and we'll go and break into an abandoned building. Absolutely. You know, and just put a load of crap on Facebook. Mm. It's so annoying. That's what yeah. I find. Yeah, I mean, I, if people want to explore the history thing, I, I am more than happy that they're doing that. I mean, I have seen during the lockdown, I saw a couple of more, a couple of paranormal history podcasts start up. Yeah. They lasted about three months. Yeah. Because people don't realise how hard work it is to do, you know, yeah. I get told yeah. I make it sound easy, but people don't realise the 10 hours worth of research I do for every show, roughly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and they, they also don't realise that I've been presenting since I was in my 20s. It's not, it's not as easy to fill the air mm. as no. it appears. No, not at all. Um, and... I mean, it's taken me four years to get to where I am with my podcast. Um, so, yeah, I. But the thing is, with me, I'm one of those. You know that what's that saying? If you give a man a fish, he'll eat for a day. You teach a man to that thing. Yes. That's yeah. Fine. When somebody says to me, "How do I look this up?" What I'll do is I'll look it up for them and then explain to them what I've done, so they can see it and do it themselves yeah. next time. Because I'm not one of those people who wants to keep it all to myself, what I discover. I want to share it. I know I've given you yeah. sort of ideas of places to look for things and, and stuff. And, and that's me. That's, I'd rather be teaching people how to do stuff. Because someone's taught me yeah. some of it. Some of it's self-taught. But the, So the more people who realise that history and the paranormal are linked, yeah. the better the field will get. The more professional Absolutely. the field will get. Um I should really have copyrighted it, but yes, <laughs> <laughs> you never know. You never know. But it's it's yeah. I mean, I, I think that the fact that more teams now are saying they've got a historian, uh, although yes. it's questionable whether they are or not. Mm. In some cases, when you know, you know, yeah, Wikipedia it's great as a resource, but don't trust it one hundred percent. You know, when I've used terminology with people like primary and secondary sources and they say they're a historian and they're going, what? Mm. Um, you know, there is there, there is those sort of and, and I sometimes struggle to call myself a historian. I got told once I couldn't call myself a historian because I haven't got a degree. Doesn't make any difference. And I had that I had that very same conversation and it was with yeah. a couple of PhDs and they said, yeah. Why does that make a difference? You could do yeah. one if you wanted to. Yeah, if I had exactly. 20 grand, I could. Yeah. Um, and I might do one day. But... You'd probably walk through it. <laughs> you know. I, I wouldn't because I'd be told how I had to write. And I'm not good <laughs> being told how to do things. No. <laughs> I'm and, the same. Um, so, I mean, somebody said to me once, my writing was very slang-like and um, hearing me speak. And I went, do you not think that's deliberate? Mm. Um, 
But then it makes it more understandable, it's more approachable. It's a expressionism, yeah. isn't it? People have understand. If you're going to be dry and really boring about it, and people are going to pick it up and go, you know, right, yes. I'm not interested yeah, in exactly. that. But if you sort of fit it full of buzzwords that they understand, yeah. make it sort of grab them and say, well, this is what it's like. This is what it is. And you're thinking, yeah, this is really cool. I'm going to carry on reading that. Absolutely. The biggest compliment I've got about my writing was somebody, I can't remember it was, it could even have been Lorian or Chris Chell or one of those, said when they read it, they were reading it in my voice because they could hear my sarcasm coming through with some of the comments. <laughs> yeah. That's what I want because... But that engages like, people, doesn't it? I think so. I hope so. Because if I'm writing for somebody else... So if I'm in effect ghostwriting, which I've done, I try not to put my stamp on it too much. When I'm writing mine, it's Penny Griffiths Morgan they're reading. It's not. It's your stamp. Yeah. Yeah. So I can write in a different way. I just can't be bothered if it's my stuff that I'm doing. Well, no, but it is, it is you, isn't it's it? It's tailoring yeah. it as yeah. well to, I mean, anybody, any writer knows that when you do write, you have to tailor your writing to the audience as well. And if your audience is reacting to the way that you're writing and they're interested in the way that you're coming across, why the hell should you change it? Yeah. yeah. If it works, it works. Stick with it. And yeah. I have to say, Penny, I think it bloody well works. I think it's very, very good what you do. You. I mean, I'm impressed. Thank you. That means a lot. I really do. I think it's fab. So on the basis of that, because, you know, you do a lot of researching, you do podcasting, mm-hmm. you know, we've talked about your writing, your book writing as well. What tips would you give someone that really would like to get into those areas and, and start from nothing? What advice would you give? Don't do it all at once. Don't try and do it all at once. Because um, although the research can cross-reference into the different areas, um, if you try doing it all in one go, you'd burn out straight away. I mean, I started off podcasting once a week and doing a blog once a month. Then when I I discovered that the writing actually had more legs than originally I thought, the podcasting went down to fortnightly. Because you physically can't do it and have a life and have a day mm. job. Um, and, it, you know, you mentioned I was a strong mother. I have got kids. I've got a husband. I've got a life. Exactly. Um, and as much as I enjoy disappearing down the research rabbit warren, um, there has been occasions when I've been down the records office and I said I'll be a couple of hours and six hours later, the husband texts me and says, are you actually coming home today? You know, <laughs> that happens. Um easily done so i would pick which one of those you feel most comfortable starting with and then find the subject matter that makes you go oh yeah i mean i I know i mentioned lorian a lot because it's fresh in my mind because we only spoke this week but she said that during lockdown she was trying to think of an area to specialize in and the first she thought well i won't do workhouses because that's penny's gig Mm. um and she goes what's another thing i find fascinating pubs the history of pubs and that's why she went she's gone down that avenue so find something that enthralls you Mm. um you know if it's victorian prostitution whatever makes you go i want to read and read and read and learn every single thing i can yeah it's got to be that kind of subject but because what you then find is things branch off like i i try and do a couple of articles a day on my facebook page so that people have something different to read whether it be haunted whether it be history whether it be a mixture of the two whether Mm. it just be something really interesting that i've read somewhere um and this week i was doing quite a lot it seemed on hollywood 
because it was the anniversary. Yes, I saw that. Yeah, it was the anniversary of the amazing Bette Davis this week. Yeah. And um, what happens is I don't always plan that. I was I, I I sometimes start off. This is how I sometimes do my articles. This is as simple as that. What happened this day in history? Get a load of list things come up. Oh, Bette Davis's anniversary. Cool. I'll put that on there because I can talk a bit about her and Joan Crawford and how they hated each other and everything yeah. else. And then I was just Googling to check a few details about Bette Davis and something else popped up that was quite interesting. I thought, oh, that's another article. Write that down. Oh, Ciro's Nightclub. Hmm. One of the most haunted mm. locations. Now the Comedy Club. Huh. Note that down. Oh, there was a gangster killed there to do with, I think it was Lara Turner. Huh. Might write a bit about there as well. And that's how it happens. You literally just these things just branch off um the article i put up about that little girl who was drowned that was because mm. i was looking for something else i was researching for something else and i found that article and i thought that'd be an interesting one to put on the page because it's not yeah. very pleasant it's a it's story that one it yeah. was very but then i thought well i'm not just gonna put the article up i'm gonna see if they found a killer i'm gonna mm. see what happened to the killer who was she and and so yeah you, you do find you're just questioning and questioning and questioning but you find so much material so and it can get a bit overwhelming when you first start. So my tip would be find a subject you love yeah, and then research it, whether you're going to write about it, whether you're going to do like the great videos that you guys do, whether you're going to do a podcast on it and specialize in that subject or start off with that subject, but find something that you can, sh you can be genuine about that. That's yeah. the main thing I would say. Don't try and do what you think people are going to like, because I've made that mistake, and it's very hard. It doesn't hard work, does it? Present it. Do what you enjoy. You can't yeah. people please. You have no. to do. What, you resent you know, it. You. you resent doing all that work on a subject that yeah. you're not really that enamoured. I'm very bad at doing that. Um, but now I, I switch from one thing to another, thinking, "Oh, people are going to like this. People are going to like that." But really, if I'd stuck yeah. at one thing, just do what I'd be you like, because when it's something that you like, there will be at least one other person. Yes, Believe yeah, it or not, absolutely. there will be at least one other person. And then when people realise you're actually quite good at it and your energy is there and the word will get out, it's a slower burner than doing something that's kind of um, more revealing, shall we say? <laughs> well, sir. <laughs> no, you know what I'm getting at with that. We're not mentioning yeah. groups. We don't do the things that are so revealing out in the first instance. You know, those kind of projects. Mm. Yeah. Um, but you know, you do what, do what works for you. And if you do what works for you, that enthusiasm comes across, that's what's infectious. And that normally is what makes you do a good job. And that's yeah. what gets people interested. If that's what your goal is, if you just want to do it for yourself, do it for yourself. You don't always need an audience. You really um, don't know. I mean, I do. Cause I've, I've, I've got an ego that needs massaging constantly, but <laughs> I've got one of those, yeah. <laughs> I'm a Leo. I can't help it. I need an audience. Oh, what are you? Taurus. Oh, the bull, bull in the giant shop. I'm the crab. Yeah. <laughs> just crabby. I can be. I try not to be, but I can be. You can be, yeah. So, Nigel, you wanted to talk um, to Penny about, because you've basically read all of Penny's books today, haven't you? I have. 
So read all of your books, all three books. I've got all three of them. Mm. Mm. So, you know, you were talking to me about a haunted experiment. Yeah, I really liked your haunted experiment book. I have to say, um, that's one I can pick up and it relates to me because I can look at it and think, that's really good. I could try that. I could do this. I could do that. So I'm looking at the question. What are they right? Mm -mm -mm -mm. So if you go out on investigation, mm -hmm. Do you have a set series of experiments that you run? Do you research it all beforehand or do you just see what happens on the night? See what happens on the night. Ah. Um, when I go somewhere, if it's researching for something specific, I'll, I'll have a bit of an idea about the location anyway. Yeah. Um, so I'll know things like when it was built, um, what it was used for. Um, but then it's kind of a... We'll see what happens. I've been places where... The technical gadgets, if you like, the REM pods and the spirit boxes and stuff, do diddly, yet the Ouija board yeah. goes nuts. Table tipping goes nuts. Mm. Yeah, I've been other places where that side of things is quite dry, yet you've got full-blown conversations going on through a, a spirit box or an Alice yeah, yeah. box yeah. or whatever. So I tend to go with, okay, well, don't a bit like the, the blog I released recently, I don't have any expectations of what I'm going to find. I also don't have any expectations of how I'm going to conduct the evening. It's literally a let's suck it and see kind of thing. Yeah. Go with the equipment. Go with what I'd call old-fashioned stuff, like a compass and things like that. Go with the more yes. modern stuff yes. and then yes. see what yes. works. Brilliant. Exactly. Because we do that, don't we? We do, yeah. We've got yeah. all that stuff. We've got loads it's of old school chalk, stuff. Yeah. compass, powder, talc, anything like yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, I rarely go with talc and stuff because the places I go, I won't be able to clear it up. Good <laughs> <after laughs> point. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I've done the whole, I think it was Richard Estep who said this. He said, when you feel a draft, just hold a piece of paper up. Yeah. It's yeah. moving. Little things like that that you can do. Um Oh, there's one that you can use foil like uh, um, instead of talcum powder put some foil down and see if anything appears in it yeah um you know at the british school they've got this because when they used to learn to write they'd do it in sand so they'd form their letters because it also was cheap yeah they've got a like what in effect a sandbox in the um the big hall the, the monitorial classroom mm -hmm. um i was there i think it was mark williams we i was there during the day i was doing book sales and he went, have you played with this sand? And I haven't touched it. And he goes, there's a letter in it. And there was the formation of a letter A in it. And it had been wow. cleaned. There'd been nobody else in there. So even simple things like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, if I was in a school, I might cater it to more scholarly type things. Like we'll read from a book or we'll pretend to be misbehaving or, um, and I don't like this word, but we've used it. I've used it, had a, suggested someone wore a dunce's hat before and sat in the corner to see, like to provoke yeah. A reaction, the trigger type yeah. experiment. Um, if I've gone, when I've gone to sort of 40s airfield, gone with 40s music loaded yeah. up to play. So that's kind of the, the sort of pre planning I'll do. But mm. once I'm there, it's like, right, what do I think is going to work? What shall I try? Um, and then go from there. So, no, I don't plan experiments. I don't plan to that extent. I'll just plan to have lots of different variables so that if one thing doesn't appear to be catching at that point, you try, can something, try else. something else. Yeah, you're prepared for any eventuality. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. it can, it can also change so very, very quickly, can't it, as yeah. well? You know, the environment, you, you one minute you can walk into somewhere and it feels incredibly calm. Yeah. And then it, it, it can change. I mean, it's happened to us, isn't it, on a oh, couple God, of yeah. occasions. Yeah, it can completely change. And yeah. then obviously 
you need to think about a different way to investigate yeah, what we can do and try different things. And you don't have to spend a fortune to investigate. Mm. You don't have to spend thousands on cameras and this and no. that. It's nice to do it. You don't have to because, as you say, Penny, tinfoil, paper, things like that, you can tell so, so much compass from the very, very basic things yes. that, you know, you can take along. I mean, I would that, like... That's fantastic. I would like a full-spectrum camera. That is one of my... One side things I would like to get at some point. Yeah. But um, I'm going to see if um, my wizard of a dad can, dad can turn one into a full spectrum for me because there's a lens in it. If you take this bit of the lens out. Yeah, you take, take the IR filter off of it. Is that what so it is? Do. Oh, is, yeah. can you do it then, Nigel? No. Oh. I've had a go and I've killed two cameras oh, trying yes, to do it. I completely yeah. demolished two cheap sort of second-hand cameras by doing it. But yeah. um, I thought I wouldn't go for an expensive, like, Canon or something straight away. So I bought two, like, cheapy ones off eBay yeah. for five or each and tried it with those and completely killed them. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I would like to, to, to have a full-spectrum camera at some point. Mm. That's one of my goals. But other than that... Um, I mean, yeah, it'd be lovely to have cameras and all, like video cameras in all the room, lots yeah. of cameras everywhere, and all all of that sort of thing. But I, I, I'm not at that stage, and that's not my forte. Tech isn't, no, isn't my forte. The history is my forte. Yeah, major yeah. goals, don't you? Yeah, em, uh, empathising with the 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 vibe of the room is my forte. Um, yeah. I mean, the fact that it put me on anywhere military and something will happen. I still don't know why that is. I still don't know why. I'm a, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I still don't know why I'm a magnet for it, but That's I am. Fascinating. Yeah. Um, I mean, have you got into your family tree and and looked into that? Yeah. Or, or have you sort of considered regression or anything like that? I've wondered because how much I love aeroplanes, especially World War Two aircraft. Yeah. I have wondered that maybe in a past life I had something to do with it. Um, yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's why I'm infatuated with the workhouse. Maybe I had something to do with that as well. I, I do believe yeah. in that. It makes you wonder. Yeah. And and also when I was young, people used to say, oh, gosh, you're a lot older than you are, aren't you? And as I, I sort of learned about it, before I got into all of this, when I, I was just reading it, saying that the old head on young shoulders is sometimes because you've been reincarnated quite a lot of times and you've got a lot of yes, knowledge in absolutely. there, you just don't realise it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that would explain why you can meet someone of 10 who talks like they're 45. You know what I mean? They, they've got that kind of take on life. Yeah. Um, so, but no, I've got, I mean, I have got military links in my family, but none that would, ex well... I mean, the, the the most interesting one I found was my would have been my great granddad on my dad's mum's side. Mm. Um, I remember a couple of years ago at Christmas we were looking through some old photos, and I was like, "Who's this?" And my dad goes, "I don't know. They're in Nan's photos. I don't know who they are." And I said, "Well, that's a World War One uniform. You didn't told me we didn't have anyone in World War One because all the family, both my parents' side, were in uh, reserved occupations." And he went, "I don't know who it is." And I started looking into it and discovered it was his grandfather, my great-grandfather, Donald. Oh, yeah. And my dad didn't know that. Uh, he didn't know Donald was World War One, And so he started, because he's, he's a researcher, the same as I am. Yeah. Um, and he started looking into it and found all this information out, found where Donald lived, found a load of relatives he didn't know of up in North Yorkshire. Um, and he knew he was a Yorkshire boy because he, he's, he's always known that, but he didn't know about these ones. And we discovered that Donald had, I think it was four brothers. All five of them went away to war. The youngest being 14 and a half. Wow. wow. All five of them came home. 
that's quite remarkable that's really actually yeah unusual. it's not often you would get that you often get families would lose yeah. one two even three or yeah. they could have lost all five all of the know, sons so. came home i'm not saying they were all completely uninjured i mean donald yeah. was the start but they all made it back and now donald went out in i think it was 1914 he went out early doors wow um, i think one of his older brothers did as well but all five of them fought in the first world war actively fought and yeah. all five of them came home so I have got those, but that's the only, I mean, and both my grandfathers were RAF, um, but I don't know the military link. I don't know why mm, I've always, really interesting. one theory that's been given to me is because I enjoy studying the military side is that these spirits know that if they put an image in my head, I'm going to understand it. Yeah. yeah. That could be it. I don't know. I don't know, it but it's, it's, um, it is strong and um, mm. it, it is a standing joke with people that you take me to somewhere that's got a military link and things will kick off and yeah. they do. Well, they do. I mean, as you say, I think you're absolutely right. If you've got a little bit of interest or knowledge in it, mm. it's almost like they know and they're drawn to that. They're drawn to you, you know, and they perhaps know, you know, that that obviously you're present and they will it, it always fascinates me how they know that we are in tune with them I mean that that's the thing that fascinates me why they're drawn to us what do they know about us and how you know do yeah. we give off some kind of signal that we're sensitive you know that, that, that they're drawn to and they know because they yeah. do seem to draw themselves in yeah. to people that are spiritual or, or psychic or whatever it could be no different though to when you are, uh, i don't mean attracted in a sexual sense but when you meet someone that you just feel a sudden with yeah it could be as simple as that and we don't know why That's that true. happens no, i mean no. you know i've had it when i've met someone who i've never met before and i've just all of a sudden thought you're going to become one of my closest friends and they have yeah well, I was like that with you, wasn't I? Yeah. You know, we just get on so well. Yeah. So, so well. It's really it could be a similar yeah. thing. It could be almost like, not animal magnetism, but I don't, I don't know. But, it, you know, the, the, I, always, I also seem to get the youngsters, the young military ones, and they're always cheeky. <laughs> um, I have had my bum pinched on more times than I care to remember. When we were at Tibbenham, we were playing some 40s music and I said, does anyone want to dance? And my arm got grabbed and the other three saw that a depression in my coat. Really? Yeah. Oh, right. And I was like, and Wayne's like, it's fine, you can dance. You know what I mean? It's kind of, so, yeah, it's, I don't know why. Whether it's yeah. the blonde hair, whether it's the fact that I get, I can be quite cheeky when I want to be. Mm. I don't know. But it, I rarely, I mean, I do have com communicated with sort of senior officers, but it tends to be the younger ones. It tends to be the the cheekier ones. It tends to be the... Um... The cheeky chappies. Yeah. 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 <laughs> mm. <Wow>. Brilliant. <laughs> so we've talked about investigating and things like that. Is there anything you want to add, Nige? Because I... I know, and I, I left you. I let you loose on it, really, because she's good at this sort of thing. Whereas I'm sort of, I really don't know what to say, and I'll just speak a load of old nonsense. You that's know what, I'm very what good to at, but, say. Um, yeah, I don't know. What, what, Anything we, you want to ask, Penny? Have we covered everything? Not really. I think we just come back, covered it all, really. Oh. Thank you very much. It's been fascinating. It's been a little bit of insight into Penny and her works and what she does, and. 
we're very very much looking forward to the future and Thank looking you. forward to your new stuff that's coming out it's all very exciting and we've even got books five and six being planned out as well so have you yes God, at some stage do it. we're hoping we're going to work with you at some stage in the future as yes. well that yes definitely yeah yeah, well, you, you've got that. The you've got. I've given you one. I've sorted out the two locations. You've got to sort out the third. Remember, God, I get the third one. Yeah, mm. which is the the real nuisance. Yeah, we, mm. we're gonna we're gonna pimp old Jules Buckingham. out for that one. Oh, I tried that one. Didn't she I? nearly got us into old Buckingham. Yeah, we're gonna keep pimping you out with that lovely blonde hair, Jules. Yeah, <laughs> it was. He was more interested in a date than anything else, wasn't he? That was <laughs> the problem. If it works. You know, take one for the team, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I did consider it, but I thought that was a bit mean. I thought, do I do it? I am denied, and yeah. I thought that's mean. Whatever. <laughs> I say, my dad's yes. trying, trying as well for us because he was so impressed with what I got at Tibbenham. He thinks it's a great idea. So, yeah, it's um, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. But we are going to yep. be meeting up in December, aren't we, at Wyndham? We are indeed. Yes, Center, which we're really looking forward to. Yeah. Um, so yes, and uh, I'm, I'm, my husband's going to be there. Mark Dudley's going to be there. Wonderful. It's going to be a little crew of us getting back together again. Our oh, little gang, it'd be quite it's good, so wouldn't nice. it? Yeah. Yes, I'll tell you. This, I don't know if you know, but Mark is very tall. Is he? How tall is Mark? Six two, I reckon. Six one. Gosh, six. Mm. I, you see, I'm quite short, Penny. So am I? So. Five foot two. Oh, are you? I'm yeah. about five three. Yeah. Yeah, I'm doing. I'm Diddy. Uh, that's why Lorian teases me because she's about 5'10. And uh, oh, wow. when she teases me about bumping her head on beams in buff pubs, I was like, I've never had that problem. <laughs> in fact, I quite like it when the beam's that low, like I bump my head. It's like, yes, I would have been tall then. <laughs> uh, brilliant. Oh, brilliant. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat welcome. to us tonight. Thank we really you. appreciate it. You're welcome. First time we've ever had a guest on here. And really grateful that we had such a really good guest on yeah. to start with so yeah we're going to be hard pressed to actually better you i think which email address do you want me to send the invoice to well <laughs> um yeah <laughs> let's hope we don't have any technicalities you know, with that you can send it you can send it to the out there one off the website <laughs> and next time it's going to keep uh, it simple and not be bloody clever yeah <laughs> sometimes simple's the best way yeah. kiss baby kiss <laughs> yes, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Right. Thanks a lot, mate. Thank you very well. Uh, we'll say goodbye, and we'll see you in December. Yeah. yeah. You okay. take care. Take care now. Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.